Acts of the Apostles 2016-18, 28-36. In those days, Paul had decided to sail past Ephesus, so that he might not have to spend time in Asia, for he was hastening to be at Jerusalem, if possible, on the day of Pentecost. And from Miltos he sent to Ephesus and called to him the elders of the church. And when they came to him, he said to them, Take heed to yourselves and to all the flock, in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to care for the church of God which he obtained with the blood of his own Son. I know that after my departure fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock, and from among your own selves will arise men speaking perverse things, to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore be alert, remembering that for three years I did not cease night or day to admonish every one with tears. And now I commend you to God and to the word of His grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. You yourselves know that these hands ministered to my necessities, and to those who were with me. In all things I have shown you that by so toiling one must help the weak, remembering the words of the Lord Jesus, how He said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. And when he had spoken thus, he knelt down and prayed with them all. Dash, dash, dash. In this passage we see some examples of apostolic authority, the importance of worship, and responsibility. As Paul is out on one of his missionary journeys, he decides not to stop in Ephesus in order to be in Jerusalem to celebrate Pentecost. There are a few different things going on here. Paul's attitude and actions reveal his belief in his responsibility to interact with the church in Ephesus. This shows that no church should ever be independent and self-governing. Paul deliberately does not visit the church, which implies that under normal circumstances, he would. Instead, he goes to a different town, Maltos and calls the Ephesian elders to come to him, which again implies that the church is not independent but under the authority of the apostles. Even with his decision not to stop in Ephesus, he takes the opportunity to instruct them about inevitable future struggles. In a show of his role and responsibility in the church, he warns the elders that there will come a time when he will no longer be alive or in a position to guide and lead them. He calls them to be watchful of false teachers who will rise up within the church, who will seek to introduce false teaching and deviation from the apostolic faith. He calls them to remember the teaching that he gave them for the past three years. This is a great example of the approach the people of God should take when addressing teaching within the church that deviates from the apostolic faith. Because we believe that God has given us the Holy Spirit to direct His Church and that evil will not prevail over good, we can be assured that the teaching of the Apostles was faithfully handed down to the next generation of believers and through them to the next generation, up until this day. The appearance of false teachers is inevitable but our protection from these is not found in debate but in the embracing of the teaching of the Apostles. It is not the responsibility of the Church to prove the right doctrine but to live and teach right doctrine. We have seen this in the first thousand years of the Church and the seven ecumenical councils. False teaching was spreading around the known world and the Church responded by articulating what the Church had always believed and taught. In essence, they created definitive statements that define the Christian faith. Anything outside of those boundaries would not be considered faithful Christianity. It is the responsibility of the Church to stay within the boundaries of the historic, apostolic faith and to worship in truth. Paul then addresses two specific issues, most likely specifically applicable to the church in Ephesus. He tells them that he, even as an apostle, worked to take care of his own needs. He did not seek financial support from the churches and he did not greatly desire anyone's gold, silver or apparel. Secondly, he reminds them that ultimately the goal in earning an income is to provide for those in need. This would include oneself, those directly within one's responsibility, as in family, and those who are in need both inside and outside of the church. The purpose for earning an income is to provide for needs. It seems that far too often, we use our income for personal comfort and entertainment. 
this is a topic that ought to be given in depth consideration and self critique. It is not our place to criticize others for what we believe they should be doing with their income. This is only for ourselves. Just as Paul spoke these words 2,000 years ago to the church in Ephesus, he still speaks these words today to everyone who is part of the church. Paul then quotes Jesus as saying, It is better to give than to receive. This is an example of teaching that Jesus gave to the apostles, which is not recorded in the Gospels. We know from the end of the Gospel of John that there was much that Jesus said and did that is not documented. We also know from Acts that Jesus taught his disciples for an additional 40 days after his resurrection, which again, is not documented in the New Testament, other than by teaching through the apostles. This idea of undocumented teaching from Jesus that has been passed down to the apostles and from the apostles to the next generation, strengthens the idea of apostolic authority and tradition. There is a difference between human tradition, like dad carving the turkey each Thanksgiving, versus church tradition, as in the use of icons, incense, candles and the divine liturgy. God has given us the church as a means for community, for understanding and as a repository for embracing what the church has always believed and taught. This passage ends with Paul praying with the elders from Ephesus. It is important to see that he prayed with them, not necessarily for them. While I'm sure he did both, the Apostle Luke specifically uses the term with. Even though Paul was an apostle and one of those in whom church authority resided, he too is part of the church. When the church worships together, we do so as one body. There are those within the church that have roles and responsibilities to guide and instruct but we are all one body wholly dependent upon Jesus Christ for our salvation and upon the Holy Spirit for our sanctification. Bishops, priests, and deacons are specific and authoritative offices within the church but even in spite of holding one of these offices, these men are part of the body of Christ in the same way that we laymen are. It is never right to think of them and us within the church. Jesus Christ is the head of the church but God has appointed certain men to take on the responsibility of guiding the church by the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. Ultimately, this is about each person responsibly fulfilling his role within the church and using whatever means God has given him to help those in need.